Turn to Exodus chapter 20. We're, we're continuing on in, in the, the, the uh, um, and we're actually finishing up the, the, the Ten Commandments series today. And this is why I want to start with this, because if I don't, um, I, I think that I will never get to the end uh, of this series. Um, but I don't know, I just feel, I feel like God's like pushing us in a direction here, but, but he wants us to get this taken care of and, and, and a, a nice bow put on top of this series because I, I think that it's important to understand what it is that we're doing, why it is that we're studying uh, the Ten Commandments, and why it is that, that, that you're sitting here right, right now. So um, Exodus chapter 20, verse 17. I told you guys to turn there, and I didn't turn there myself. Um, verse 17, it says, uh, you shall not covet your neighbor's house. You shall not covet your neighbor's wife or his male servants or his female servant or his ox or his donkey or anything that is your neighbor's. So what, what I want us to do is I want us to look at this and, and um, understand, okay, this is the last of the Ten Commandments here, and, and, and I, I love, it's almost as if God knew what he was doing when he was putting this, this list together, because this last of the Ten Commandments is, is a commandment that is, um, and, and don't push back here, because just hear me out on this, uh, it is a commandment that is directly reflective of the heart. Now, if you look at the, the, the other of the commandments, the other nine commandments, minus the first, because I think the first is also a heart issue. I think the first and the tenth are, 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 are directed at the heart. The other ones are, are um, kind of a, uh, um, evidence of what's in the heart, actions. But I think that if you look at this, like if you're looking at, at what does it mean to, to covet, that's something that happens with inside the heart, and you may not know if someone else is coveting. So I say that, you're like, okay, I don't, I don't get it yet. Hold on. So when, when it says that you shall not covet, um, it doesn't just stop with, you know, do not covet or, or thou shalt not covet. It gives a list of things behind it. Because I, I think it's important to understand that coveting in and of itself is not a bad thing. Wait a second, preacher. Hold on a second. Because coveting is a strong desire towards something. And we're told to, we're that we're supposed to desire the Lord. So we are to covet after the Lord. What we're not to covet is what it says here is our neighbor's stuff. Why is that? What does that mean? Well, I think that it's important for us to understand that if something belongs to someone else and you have a, a desire for that, like you want that, that's what is being said here. Don't wish that you had something that wasn't yours that was somebody else's, right? Right? Because I, I think it's important when we, again, we, we don't need to just say don't covet. Because I, I'll tell you right now, you all, we all should be a covetous people in the sense that we should covet, we should desire, yearn after our God. And, and when Moses is saying this, remember that, that this is, uh, or God's telling Moses this, this is right before, um, you know, this 40-year wilderness period. He, then he reiterates the Ten Commandments right before they go into the, the promised land. I'm convinced that the, the reason that this is what, why God gave this as a Ten Commandment, Tenth Commandment, was because it, it all comes back to the heart. Everything we do comes back to, where's your heart? And God is saying here to make sure, that, okay, when you go into this land, I want you to make sure your heart is right. So understand this, that when we look at this, let's look at the heart. Now, a few minutes ago, I did say for you to, uh, for you to, to, to kind of take a moment and 
Ask God to be able to, to, to grant you the, let's say this, the mercy, the grace, be able to, to answer a question. Because I think this question is going to depend upon the way in which we go here. So let's do this. Um, honestly, everybody, just, how about everybody just close your eyes. We already took offering. You don't got to worry about that. You don't have to hold on your purse or anything. Just, just close your eyes for a minute. Now, as your eyes are closed, I mean, you don't have to bow your head. You, you can if you want. It's kind of a natural thing. You close your eyes, and especially in church. Everybody, every eye closed, every head bow. Right? No, but, but just, just close your eyes for a second and visually look at your week this past week. And as you visually look at your week, I don't, I, don't, I don't want you to relive it, but I just want you to look at it. And then maybe it's not this last week, maybe it's this last month, whatever it may be, just, just look at this. And then with everybody's eyes closed, I, I, want, I want us to answer a question honestly. And to answer this question, you, you, you will have to raise a hand because to answer this, yes, I have. I just, I just want you to, to raise your hand because I, I just want to see, see where everybody's at right now. Um, was your week, and I'm trying to, 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 to put this in a way in which we can all kind of see this, was your week tough? Was your week hard? Did you feel like you had a hardship, a struggle? You had um, a, 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 a difficult week, more than normal. If it's true, just, 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 raise, just raise, raise your hand. Okay, don't look around. Just raise your hand. Raise your hand. Raise your hand. All right, everybody put their hands up. Eyes open. Um, <laughs> well over the majority of you had a, had a rough week. In, in some form or fashion. Uh, um, I, I, the, the reason I wanted to do it that way is because some, some people don't want to say, oh, I had a rough week, because some, some of, of us uh, try to act like, well, you know, I never have a rough week. God's with me. How can everything be rough? Well, understand that if, if or when you are walking with God, some of, those are some of the hardest times in which you have. What does this all have to do with coveting? I don't know yet, but I'm praying that God, as we continue on in a couple minutes here, reveals to me what it is that he wants us to see, because I think that one of the greatest things that we could do is we can not listen to what the Spirit of God is telling us, which comes back to a heart issue, right? We're talking about coveting, and I'm focusing in on the heart here. What, what, what I want us to do is, is say, okay, be honest and say, yeah, I did have a rough week. I don't know what, what, what I'm supposed to do. And really, this, Mike, I, I apologize because I, I think that we're going to have some different scriptures here in, in a second. Um, but I, I don't know how to deal with this. I'm at a, I'm at a dark point. Maybe it's I had a bad day. Maybe, it, I mean, if, it, if it's like in, in the Cacker household, we're having some water issues and stuff like this with it being dry and whatever. Maybe it's kind of that, this kind of compounding things. I, I don't know. Maybe a, a rough week, but whatever it is, I think what, what happens is at the end of the day, at the end of the week, we get this like, no one else can feel my pain. No one else knows what I'm going through. No one else is uh, able to identify with me. 
And the, 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 tra the tragedy of it all is we come together sometimes like this and we act like nothing's wrong. Now, I'm not saying that we're going to have this huge counseling session. Well, maybe because I'm going to spill my guts. You all are my counselors right now. But it's not that we come together and we have to have this huge counseling session. But I think that it's important for God's people to understand that it's all right not to be all all right. But it's not all right to stay not all right. right? You know, does that make sense? So, so understand that, that when we come together, it's, it, there are things that are hurt, hurting us. There are things that are, are, are troubling us. There are things that are, are contaminating our heart. And if we're going to look at, at, at scriptures like this where it says we're not to covet after my neighbor's stuff, I, I think that we have to look, look at our hearts because I, I think that when things are going tough or, or hard for us, we're more covetousness over our neighbor than we probably think we are. Maybe this is the way in which this all comes together here. Maybe not. I think one of the, the, the greatest ways in which people covet their neighbor, and it's, it's not the neighbor's boat, and it's not the neighbor's house, and it's not the neighbor's um, whatever, truck. Or, does that happen sometimes? Yeah, it happens. But I, I'm, I'm really convinced of this, that the thing that we, we covet our neighbor the, the most is when we see our neighbor engaged in a fruitful relationship with someone else, whether it's a husband, a wife, whether it's a friend, whether it's a, a relationship at work, whatever is we hear, and we're like, man, I want that. Which goes back to the, the heart issue here. If I just had a good relationship, the rest of my life would be, would be okay. Don't raise hands here, but just ask yourself if you've ever fallen into that category. Because I think that if we're looking at the heart, and as God is, is talking to his people here, before they get ready to go into the, the promised land, he's saying, don't covet after your, your, your neighbor and all this stuff and everything. You're going to go into this land. There's going to be a, a lot of stuff in there, and there's going to be a lot of foreign gods and a lot of, uh, 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 of uh, defiable and a, a, a lot of abominations and a lot of stuff going on there. Don't covet that. Don't go after that. I think that what God is preparing them for is for the message that we have to hear is they had everything that they needed going into the promised land. The people of God, you have, we have everything we need to face whatever it is that we face. Well, I don't, I'll be the one to be the first practical one. Well, I don't have a drilling rig where I can drill myself a new well, God. <laughs> that on a, I look at this on a physical matter, but has he provided in, in other ways? Yeah, he's provided. What, what God does is, or is God is speaking here, and what he does for us is he, he makes us understand in, in crazy ways, I'm in control. I, I, I've got this under control. You don't know what's going on on you know, 10, 10 days or even 10 months or 10 weeks, that, but I've got this under control. Trust me. And, and I think that that's where it goes back to the heart there. How, how many times do we say, yeah, I want to trust God, but, but our heart's like, ah, but you don't know everything that's going on. You don't know how bad my life truly is. What does God say? Trust, trust me. 
You know, as, as we were praying this morning, and I'm going to pray here in a second, just relax. As, I, as we were praying this morning, we got all the guys together, and, and, and um, there, there was a, 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 a pattern that kept happening as we were praying, which was, which was great. It was, we were casting our burdens and casting our burdens, and rough week, rough week, rough week. And, and, and it, that's where it just came clear to me, like, we, we don't need to come in today and hear me make you feel bad because you, you all aren't, your hearts aren't right, because that's where I was going with today, is that um, you covet because your heart's not right, it's all heart issue, we're getting a little bit into the heart, but what I don't want anybody to do is go out of here beat up more than you came in here. You, you need to come, yeah, sometimes surgery needs to happen, a cutting needs to take place, but it's so we can shed that which is holding us down. And so we can lend, live free in, in, in Christ and live free in what God has given us. So as we were going around and we were praying, and that was coming up over and over and over and over and over again. And it made me think of a story, a couple, actually a couple of stories of King David. So um, we're going to be looking at, at, at King David in a couple of senses. Here, but before we do that, I wanna, I'm going to pray. And as we pray, and I know this sounds terrible for, for, for the preacher to, to, to say this to, to y'all, um, pray, pray that God gives me the words to speak his word in the next few minutes, because my notes aren't, aren't going to do me any good at this point. So let's pray. Our Father God in heaven, Lord, I, I, I do uh, thank you for this day, uh, God. Um, the, the, we've all identified that there's something that, that has been uh, sh- a struggle that's going on, a, a battle that's going on, a burden um, uh, that's, that has happened in our, in, our, in our week, maybe in our month, this past month, whatever it is. But God, um, as we identify this uh, the, the, this last co- commandment here in coveting and understanding it has to do with the heart. My, my, my prayer is that we can understand that, that um, you have our heart. If we're a, a child of yours, you, your, your, um, you, your greatest interest outside of your glory, your greatest interest is, is our heart. Not the physical things that are going on in our life, but, but our heart. Where's our heart? So God, as we... Um, as we look at just a couple passages from, uh, from your word uh, about David and, and his life when he was <clears throat> faced with some, some, some hard times, God, how he responded, God, I, I, I pray that you speak this morning. Um, you, you used a donkey before to, to, to speak truth. You can use one now. Just use me, Lord, to, to speak to your people your truth. God, we pray this in your name, Jesus. Amen. All right, so give, um, give me a minute here, because, uh, and give Mike a minute as well, because he's going to have to pull this up on the, uh, up on the screen here. Uh, 1 Samuel <clears throat> chapter 22. Let, let's just look at verses, keep it simple. Let's just look at verses 1 and 2, and then... Um, Mike, if you want to get ready as well, um, 1 Samuel 30, verses 1 through 6. I think that's where we're probably going to, probably going to end up. You've heard me talk about the, the, this, this passage before. 
Um, but, but I think that, that, that it, it's interesting to me when we um, hit certain situations and, and, and in different lights, um, our perspective can change just a little bit. And, and understanding here that everything that we've already talked about, um, how there, there are some, some pressures that are on our lives or some burden that, that, that we're, we're facing, I, 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 love to, um, I, I love to come to this text here in, in, in 1 Samuel chapter 22. Because in 1 Samuel chapter 22, we can, we can think, oh, we're, we're, we're speaking of King David. Yes, we're speaking of King David, but King, King David is not King David yet. This is just David. King Saul is still alive, and actually Saul is trying to kill David. Uh, Saul went off the deep end. Um, he went a- after uh, um, other relationships. He went after seeking um, that others than the Lord. Let's just say that. Um, but what we have here is that it's a time where David is his his life has been um, kind of turned upside down. He used to be the guy that that, that used to soothe the king when uh, the, the king used to play music. He was a uh, a musician, so he used to play music to King Saul to to calm him down. But uh, one day when he was doing that. Um, King Saul tried to uh, make him a pincushion, threw a spear and missed. I'm thinking he went kind of like that, or like that, and you, or whatever. To, to, he, got, he missed. Um, David fled because at that point he's like, I think he's trying to kill me. Um, right? So, but he, he, he's, he's fled from, from, from Saul, and he's like, his, his life is now turned up, upside down. Remember, David, he, he killed Goliath. He was like, David was, was, was viewed as the, the mighty commander uh, of, of Saul's army because of this, this great, um, his great feat, killing the, the giant, the champion uh, of the Philistines. Now he's running for his life. And he runs to this place, and this place is called the Cave um, of, of Adullam. And it says that David departed from there and escaped to the cave of Adullam. And when his brothers and all his father's house heard it, they went down there to them. So this wasn't something that was done in secret. He wasn't facing a hard time by himself. Others knew what was going on. And it says here in verse 2, And everyone who was in distress, don't, don't raise your hands, but I mean, maybe that, the reason you raised your hand earlier was because of distress. Everyone who is in debt, this is not just a physical, like a monetary debt. Maybe they're in debt to someone else because of something that that, that was done, whatever it may be. Um, And everyone who was bitter in soul, I know that is none of us in here because we're never bitter, right? It says that that group, group, I've referred to that, that group before in the past as the rabble, all right? That group of people in a colorful bunch, right? That group of people, what did they do? They gathered to him. So he's at the cave and all of the misfits, all of the people who were having a bad week or a bad month, everything that was going bad, all the people that have just said, um, you know, forget this and they've given up on world, the world, given up on life, whatever. All of those types of people. And, and, and I remember... Um, Who's in here has seen uh, Braveheart? All right? Uh, almost everybody has seen Braveheart. Uh, that's what I'm picturing. You know, William Wallace, when he's getting ready to go against the, 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 you know, the, the empire and everything there, he, he, he gets a, a colorful bunch to come in, right? That's what I'm picturing here, but they all come in because they're the ones that no one else wanted. 
Now, I'm not implying and I'm not trying to give you anybody a victim uh, mentality or anything, but we can feel and we can fall into that, that when, that when things aren't going our way as we feel that we're the ones that no one else wants. And it's not just us. I think the world, that's why everybody's searching for their identity in something else. That's why covetousness of, over, of your neighbor's stuff is so big is because everybody is trying to identify with something or someone. Here it says that everybody who was jacked up, and I think that it kind of, if you write in your Bible, that, that would be the transliteration there. Jacked up. Anyone's life who was, life was jacked. It says, they came to him, and he became the commander over them, and they were with him about 400 men. Now, I don't want to focus on that he became the commander over him, but I want us to identify, this is the guy who was running. He was the one that's saying, my life is out of control, and these at least 400 uh, dudes came and said, hey, me too. All right, lead us in the right direction. Wherever you go, we're going to go. Whatever you say to do, we're going to do. Now, we look at this, and what we need to look is at the backstory a little bit, because what is not said in this text, but is definitely clear, is we understand that David was a man after God's own heart. And even though that he was in, a, in this moment where, I, I, what, what is going on here? Well, I, I got to run from the, the psycho Saul, and I, I got to run. Now all these, these other people are like, you know what? My life is falling apart too. I, I, need to, I need someone to help put it back together. What we can look at David is David was a foreshadowing of what Christ did when he came. He took all of the people that were all jacked up, had stuff going on, and he says, you know what? I'm going to be their God. They're going to be my people. I'm going to follow, or I'm going to, I'm going to lead, and they're going to follow me. Now, what we, we see with, with, with David here is David, what, what was, um, David wasn't Jesus. I'm not implying that. But what David, David, he, he took on the task. And, and I think that that, that, that is, when we, when we look at this, okay, I'm, I'm coming to church, um, and I've got stuff going on in my life. I, I'll, I'll be the first one to stand up. I'm not David, but I'm willing to take on the task here to help lead you with, with the help of, of the other elders, to help lead you because y'all are a rabble. If you're, if you're not saying, mm-hmm, it's because you, you know. <laughs> Wait a second, I don't want to incriminate myself. You already incriminated, you're here. You, you, you need lead, and the way, the way in which you need lead is, is the way in which God wants to lead you. I, I love uh, my, my grandma's favorite psalm um, is, is Psalm 23. It says, he leads me beside still waters. He leads me. Why does he lead beside still waters? Because even the, the, the littlest ripple will scare his sheep. Understand that, 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 that as we come and we're beat up and we're broken and we need led. Be willing to be led. Is it always going to be easy? Absolutely not. Turn over to 1 Samuel chapter 30. Because I, I think that we can get into the, the, this, this mindset of, all right, yes, I'm battered, I'm broken, I'm dealing with things, I need to be led. Okay, I'm willing to be led. And, oh, Ah, now that I'm led, everything's going to be great. 
it's not going to happen. The thing, the thing that we call life is still going to go on, and we're going to encounter things that are going to be difficult. And there are going to be times in, in, in which decisions are made or, 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 or things are said that you're not going to like, and you're going to want to stone me or stone the elders or stone... I'm, I don't like the church anymore. All right. Don't take what's going on inside and impose it on someone else. Let's all, let's just commit. Don't, don't say, you don't have to say anything. I thought, let's commit to deal with stuff. How, how, how do we deal with things? Well, I'm glad you asked because this is where God's leading me. Turn, like I said, 1 Samuel chapter 30. So now at this time, a little bit of time has elapsed and David has led these men and they've grown in number a little bit, led these men into battle. They actually went to the opposite side and was with the Philistines for a while because he was still fleeing after Saul. Well, then the Philistines didn't like him being there. So he said, okay, you got to go back to where you came from. Um, so David is being thrown around. God, I'm just trying to follow you. Uh, it's just being thrown around with these, these people who are looking to him for, for guidance. Well, here in um, 1 Samuel chapter 30, it, it's, it's an interesting story here because after um, a, a, an event where he is, he has to take his, his men back to, to their city. It says, now when David and his enemy came to Ziklag on the third day. So Ziklag was where like their, their base camp, they came back and they, that's where they lived. That's where they kept their wives and their families and everybody there. It said the Amalekites had made a raid against Indigeb and against Ziklag. They had, over, they had overcome Ziklag and burned it with fire and taken captive the women and all who were in it, both small and great. They killed no one, but carried them off and went their way. And when David and his men came to the city, they found it burned with fire, and their wives and sons and daughters taken captive. Pause there for a second. So, already running, life's already tough, now they're thinking, okay, I'm going to go do this. I'm going to go home, and it's going to be all, all whew, I'm going to be able to breathe. They get there, and it's been ransacked. Their wives aren't there. Their kids aren't there. Their houses are burnt. They have nothing there. A, a bad situation now just got worse. And, and we're sitting here thinking, okay, uh, Lee, you're supposed to be uh, encouraging us here. I thought you didn't want to beat us up anymore. I, I, I get it, but I think it's important, like, Whatever situation that we face, and I'm not saying that we say, you know, thank you, Jesus, for letting us have this bad stuff happen. No, but understand that it could always be worse. Whatever situation, that, and I don't want to minimize anybody's situation. Whatever situation that you're in, in reality, it stinks. It downright is poo-poo on a stick. Right? But it could always be worse. And I think that this is a, a picture in which we get because they're thinking, man, I, I'm all, whew, I'm burnt out. My life's jacked. I just want to go home and I want to relax and play with the kids and kick the dog. <laughs> but there's no kids and no dog. Don't, don't worry about the cats. They took the cats, right? They can keep the cats. <laughs> but that's what my, 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 my life, I, I just want, I want, I want that, a little bit of peace. 
Well, David comes back and there's no peace to be found. Look at verse 4. Then David and the people who were with him raised their voices and wept until they had no more strength to weep. This is David's two wives also had been taken captive. So David was not immune to this. But it says that they raised their voices and wept until they had no strength. No strength among, among them. Now, now, they didn't gripe and complain and get on Facebook and say a whole bunch of negative things or get on Twitter or... They didn't call their, 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 their no, it says that they, they raised their voices. When, when it talks about raising their voices, they, they, they raised their voices. They, they, they cried out to God. In this situation where it was, what they thought was already bad, now it's even worse. They, they cried out to God, and it wasn't just a, God, help me get out of this situation. No, it was an agonizing that, oh, now I don't, definitely don't know what I'm going to do. I, God, you have to do something. You have to step in. It says that they wept until they had no more strength. Sometimes that's exactly what we need. And I'm, again, I'm not trying to throw victims out here, you know, play victim card. But sometimes what we see is we see an obstacle and we're just like, you know what? Yeah, we can get overcome this. God's got me. And he does. But sometimes it needs to get worse so that you not, not only just say, hey, God, help me through this. And then you move on because what happens usually is we're faced with something bad. And then uh, God, and he does, he, he delivers us from whatever it is. And then we go about our life and we forget about what God just delivered us from. And then we, we get into another situation where we're like, well, God, where are you at? We forget that he was, he was there before. I, I think that, that what, we, what we need to see here is sometimes it is the, the, the desperation which we have to, uh, we, we have, to have so, so we do cry out to God and not just cry out, help me get out of this, but we cry until we have no more strength to do anything else. That way, when God delivers us, we have no part in it. Only God can get the glory in whatever it is that he deliver, delivers us from. So when we see this, this is where they were at. Now when you're there, there's, there, there, there's two ways to respond. At least I see there's two ways to respond. Look at verse 6. And David was greatly distressed, for the people spoke of stoning him. Because all the people were bitter in soul, each for his son and his daughters. Stop. Not, not saying, well, poor, poor David. He, he, he's, he's the leader of this rabble. He, 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 knew, he knew what God had put him in for. But when, when things get bad, where do they turn? They, they want to stone David. David lost his family as well. David is feeling the same hurt and the same pain in which... The people are, but the people need, they need an outlet, to, you know, somewhere to, to place blame. What do they do? They, they point to David. David, it's all your fault. Let's stone him. If it was in Robin Hood, it'd be off with his head, right? <laughs> He'd be, he would be headless. His great distress, although it was the same as everybody else, 
Everybody lashed out against him and said, it's his fault. If we wouldn't have followed him, we wouldn't be here. You're right. If you wouldn't have followed David, you probably would have died a long time ago by the hands of the the Amalekites or the Philistines or the Ammonites or Mosquito Bites or whatever. Somebody would have got you. But following after David, the man of God here, yes, you're facing something that sucks. It does. But you're crying out to God now. And I love how David responds to this. And I guess this is where I, I want us to really focus in on because if, 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 if coveting other people's stuff is a matter of the heart, we have to look in the darkest and, 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 and dingiest, the deepest of times, what are we going to do? How are we going to respond? When everybody is against you, everybody wants you dead, what are you going to do? But David strengthened himself and the Lord is God. I don't have three points in a poem to tell you how to strengthen yourself in the Lord your God, but I can tell you that when the darkest time comes in your life, this week, this month, whatever it is, whatever situation that we're facing, your strength comes from the Lord. Your strength comes from, how am I going to do this? I, I, I don't know. I don't have all the answers. But what I do know is your strength comes from the Lord. How do I know that? Because he says so. Turn to, to Matthew um, 11. Keep your finger in there because we might come back here. Because when, when I say your strength comes from the Lord, Matthew 11 just kind of rings in my head of, well, okay, how, how, do, we, how do we do that? Some of you probably have this memorized, but 11.28, it says, come to me. Who's me here? Jesus. He says, come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden. Come to me, all who are are." are, are, are uh, or all who labor and are heavy laden. Come to me, all of you that have jacked upness in your life. Right? You, you saw that in there, right? It's in the Greek. So come to me, all who are jacked up and, and, and life isn't going the way in which you think it should go and things are hurting and, and, and I, I'm, I don't know how to continue on. And what does it say? I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. Learn from me. Why, are we, why did we go through the, the, the Ten Commandments this, this last 11 weeks? Because we need to, to learn about the character of God. We need to learn about the person of God. We need to learn about the way of God. Why? Because his way is light. Here it says, learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. I think that when we face stuff and we're not willing to face it like it needs to be faced, what we do is we try to run from it. This goes back to another commandment. What we're doing is we're robbing God of some glory. Because when we run from a problem and we're not willing to face it, we're not willing to say, okay, God, it's all yours. We're robbing an opportunity for him to bless 
us through that. I, I, I guess in all of this ramblings of a madman, I think that what we need to really look at is, I do want to ask us, how, how, how's your heart? If God starts out the, 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 the Ten Commandments with a heart commandment and ends with a heart commandment, he's like bookending these, these commandments, and okay, it's all about the heart. And then Jesus, when he talks about the commandments, he, he um, takes and expands on the commandments and shows that it is a heart issue. Are you, how are you guarding your heart? Who are you talking to? Who, who, who are you letting into your life to speak truth into your life? Remember, your strength comes from the Lord. Do a Bible study this week. Whatever, Google it. Google strength from the Lord. And just look how many times in the Bible that that's used. And understand that the promises of God are true. And if he says that your strength comes from him, live that way.